Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is one of your podcast co-hosts. My name is Jeff, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. Your moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him on Twitter at ASD underscore Hokiesmash. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as he introduces our guest. Good evening and welcome to the longest running independent ACC podcast in the country. This is This Week in the ACC. This is the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. I'm Matthew, as Jeff said. You can follow me on Twitter at, at ASD underscore Hokie Smash. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at, at Talking ACC Sports. And you can follow our site account at, at AllSportsDACC. Our blog is AllSportsDiscussion.com. This week, we have an awesome return guest. We're happy to have Brian Siegler back from the Boundary Corner. You can follow him on Twitter at, at SEIG5052. Again, that's at SEIG5052. I believe, and Brian, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're one-third of the Virginia Tech football podcast boundary boundary corner, which you can follow on Twitter at, at I, I keep saying Twitter, I'm sorry, I'm always going to call it Twitter, it's X now, my apologies guys, at Boundary Corner, again that's at B-O-N-D-R-A-R-Y-C-O-R-N-E-R, at B-O-N-D-A-R-Y-C-O-R-N-E-R, so Brian Welcome back, and tell me if I'm correct, because last year it was one half, and now I believe it's one third of the podcast. Hey, the floor is yours. Yeah, and occasionally uh, probably one fourth. We've got our, our buddy Sheldon Moss that joins us uh, on a semi-regular basis, doing a lot of the sports analytics, bringing in a lot of uh, great metrics that we can kind of talk about. So uh, he's on there occasion, but we brought Jonathan Talley on as well. Uh, as a full-time member back in February. So officially, if you're, if you're looking week to week, it's one-third, but we were a four-man team as far as the uh, the entirety of the show now. But it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure getting on here and talking a little ACC football with you guys. We are happy to have you back, friend. We are happy to have you back. So let's get right into it, man. Which ACC football team do you think was the most disappointing in week two? And which ACC football team was the most impressive in week Oh, man, that's that, that's a great question. Um, you know, personally, obviously disappointed that Virginia Tech dropped that one uh, last night after all of that. We were actually all the old crew was at that game. Um, Six-hour rain delay. Um, soaking wet to the bone so it was it was an interesting uh outing out there and definitely disappointing to drop that one but as far as the acc as a whole i feel like uva dropping that home game against uva was rough uh against jmu uh excuse me um <clears throat> i thought you know looking at you know as a virginia tech fan i'm kind of programmed to want uva to lose but i thought they might be able to squeak one out against jmu i know the jmu fans kind of Talk a big game of kind of being the uh, the ACC uh, football uh, killer out there. So um, kind of wanted to see the, if they were able to take them down there. Um, definitely a disappointing uh, outing for UVA, losing to a G5 in-state rival. 
And obviously, as a Virginia Tech fan, that's something that we've experienced in the past. So um, it's definitely a tough one to swallow for sure for that fan base. Um, Looking at most impressive, I'm going to go Miami uh, taking it to Texas A&M. Tyler Van Dyke went out there and had 374 yards through the air in that one. Um, They really handled some adversity early. Um, You know, Texas A&M kind of got on them pretty quick and, you know, they fall back got the lead up to double digits and kind of just kept it going from there. So that was probably the most impressive win because I actually had A&M winning that one um, when, when I did my pick. So good win by Miami. So Brian, I am going to keep you, I am going to keep you somewhat honest here. Now, and I know you're always being honest with that. So I'm being a little, a little facetious. I was, I, I got to vote for Virginia tech here. And I, I am a, I am a Virginia tech alum and I got to vote for Virginia tech here. Cause I, I guess I thought I'd see better signs than 11 yards rushing in that game. And my, my, I'm thinking in my mind that JMU was favored going into Scott stadium. And I'm, a, I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I thought I'd see more out of the running game than I did. And I think at times I got more yards, like walking him back, back and forth to the bathroom than I think we got on the, uh, got on the ground a little bit. Am I being too harsh? No, you're not being harsh at all. I mean, I think we definitely um, – there were points in that game where I liked what we were doing from a play-calling standpoint, but the fact that we cannot run the football at all, especially with Grant Wells in the game, we'll see if that shifts, if there is a quarterback change, whatever we'll see in the future. But um, it seems like with Grant Wells in the game, we are going to struggle to generate yards on the ground. Um, even with talented running backs uh, in the backfield that can break tackles and, and run through arm tackles and kind of drag guys for some extra yards. Um, you know, we saw Tubin get involved in the passing game some this week as well. But you're going to eventually have to be able to run the ball somehow. Now, whether that means getting drones in the game full-time or part-time a little bit more so you have, you know, an extra key as a as a linebacker and somebody that's big like that that can – kind of plow forward for some extra yards and, uh, you know, create some yardage in the run game that isn't just done strictly by, you know, blocking the man across from you. Um, I'll be interested to see what, what happens there. But I was definitely disappointed in the outing overall. Um, but I think j- just from a perception standpoint, I don't think it it looks as bad on paper. Um, dropping a, a, a one-touchdown game to Purdue – Whereas, you know, UVA dropping one there at home to JMU. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. I'm gonna ask you one I'm gonna ask you one more question about uh, another question about Virginia about Virginia Tech. Were you surprised? Because I, I had this conversation with my my friend Drew, who I tailgate with down there in Blacksburg when I get down there. Drew Drew and Mary. And I know you know him. When I get, oh, yeah. when I get down there, when I, when both of us were were thinking that we're highly disappointed with the runs to the tackles that never really work because our offensive line just quite frankly, isn't there yet. And it's weird that both of both of us were actually thinking, yeah, maybe this quick out to the side, like a jet sweep or something. And I, I, hate, that I'm saying, I hate that I'm saying that. Okay. But that's where, but that's where our line is. That's kind of where our line is at right now. And having these quick short passes may help develop some may help develop some sort of offense some sort of offense i'm just i'm just curious 
Yeah, I mean, a jet sweep would would get you to the uh, to the edge of the tackle box really quick without having to uh, kind of you know worry about getting your running back up to full speed on something like an outside zone or or something like that. So, you know, stretching uh, stretching the defense a little more laterally, I think, will help. Uh, we'll see if Bowen gets a little more creative with with his run game um, as we kind of move forward in the year. I think he could do a little bit more with pre snap motion. Um, to kind of get those backers um, not just keying right into their gap and and making it kind of bogged down and, and not really a whole lot of room to run in there. So that's that's what's giving us a lot of problems right now is that you know they're they're not really biting on the fakes. I mean, no, nothing Wells is doing is scaring them. So they're keying right on the running back. They're getting in their gaps. We're not doing a good job of getting to the second level fast enough to stop that from happening. Um, so it's good. It's going to be a big struggle until we get we either change up something schematically or get significantly better across the board with communication from the offensive line. That is outstanding analysis, Brian. That's why we have you here. Jeff, you're up friend. All right. Thanks, Matthew. All right, Brian, as uh, we look ahead to next week, uh, what ACC football games are you looking forward to the most in week three? You know, I was looking at the schedule and there's not a ton of compelling matchups out there from a current season storyline perspective. So I'm going to go a little historical here. I'll go with the, uh, the 106 iteration of the backyard brawl. Um, interested to see if Pitt can bounce back from that week two loss against Cincinnati at home. And looking from the West Virginia perspective, I mean, Neil Brown is still coaching for his life as, as every game really at this point. So um, he's probably playing for his job this year. So it could be interesting to see who can come out of that because, you know, if Pitt drops another one, there's going to be questions of, okay, was Dracovic the right fit? Is the, did the defense lose too much to kind of re, rebuild this year? Um, and then obviously on the West Virginia side, you know, is, is are they going to have this this same coach at the end of the season? So I think it's going to be a pretty compelling matchup. All right. Yeah, sounds sounds good. Yeah. If when you look across the week, you know, there's nothing that really just, you know, grabs your attention that seems like much must watch. But I mean, I, I see some other games here as well that that kind of have my attention. I, I like to see, you know, how North Carolina comes back against, uh, you know, hosting the, uh, a two and O Minnesota team. Uh, in in that one, you know, we saw North Carolina look fantastic defensively against South Carolina, but then this past week, um, you know, Appalachian state kind of marches up and down the, the field on them and the, and the heels were very fortunate to escape that, that game. So, you know, I kind of want to see. You know, where where do the Tar Heels? Who who are they exactly? You know, also looking at that with Syracuse, they're going on the road to Purdue, who uh, you know has the loss to Fresno State, but then won at Virginia Tech. And Syracuse has really looked impressive in its first two games, overmatched opponents. But you know, could they they get a little something together? So uh, yeah, like you said, nothing just jumps out on the on the screen on the screen, but you know, a couple of those kind of under radar, the games that I think could be interesting. Yeah, I, I agree there. Uh, you know, looking at UNC, um, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see if, if they bounce back or if they get kind of, you know, punched in the mouth again a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, because 
you know, they looked like the team I think a lot of people thought they would, would be out of the gate. And then, you know, App State really gave them a big scare. So um, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see if they can uh, turn it around against Minnesota. All right. Um, you know, looking at some of those games, which ACC team do you think could be upset in week three if they're looking ahead to a game on their schedule or otherwise just sleepwalking on the field? Yeah, um, you know, we just talked about it a little bit. I was going to say UNC, but I think App State definitely woke them up. <laughs> so I don't think they'll be caught sleeping again. But as far as this week, I think the one I'm going to go with is uh, give me Wake Forest uh, heading up to Norfolk and uh, and playing ODU. Um, as Virginia Tech fan, I've seen firsthand that that's not a place that, you know, Power 5 opponents would go in there and, um, are just going to get a cakewalk. It's, they're definitely going to get ODU's best effort in that environment. Um, and Wake isn't the team I think they've been in the last, you know, probably four or five years. Um, they they lost a lot, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So if they aren't able to generate a lot of points, then that could really be a tight game. All right. Um Brian, let's let's step out of the ACC for a bit here. Uh, which national FBS game are you looking forward to the most this week? And we're wide open with this question. You know, this can be Power Five, non-Power Five, or you can even have an FCS matchup. And then give us the winner of of that game, or you know, any others that uh, catch your eye. Uh, let's go to the Sun Belt this week. Um... I'm looking at that uh, that Troy uh, hosting uh, JMU. Um, JMU obviously coming off the uh, the big win against uh, UVA in Charlottesville. There, um, these are probably two teams that could potentially see each other again at the end of the season. So there's a lot of implications there about how that's going to go to the the first round and seeing if the other can kind of take care of business the rest of the way down the schedule to to see see them again. But um, I'm going to go with James Madison winning a very close one down at Troy. All right. Okay, Brian. Um, you know, this summer it's been all about realignment, and now we're focused on the, the season, but still there's – we want to get your thoughts – on the ACC's most recent additions to the conference uh, from a couple weeks ago, uh, Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Uh, Football-wise, it looks pretty obvious that that Stanford's definitely not <laughs> very good. Uh, they they got absolutely throttled by uh, USC this past week. But on the other hand, Cal put up a very credible, um, you know, effort against Auburn this past weekend. Um, you know, led that game in the fourth quarter and then lost 14 to 10. You know, maybe they're not as bad as we thought. And of course, SMU, uh, with all their financial resources at their disposal. Um, yeah, give us your thoughts on, on those additions. Yeah, I mean, just from a looking at a conference realignment perspective, um, you know, I think it's kind of a, a Band-Aid for the current financial shortcomings of the conference um, and a way to kind of further insulate the ACC from fully disbanding should one or one to three um, of the bigger teams move out of the way, you're not going to necessarily have a mass exodus. I, I feel like that kind of helps them uh, avoid that in the short term, um, you know, depending on if, you know, someone's able to break those, that grant of rights deal. 
Um, I don't think there's a ton of long-term benefit. Um, I think these, these additions um, will bring the ACC back neck and neck with the Big 12 in terms of the financial numbers from the media deals. Um, for current members, though, I think it's a no-lose situation getting them to come and join the conference. Um, other than when looking at it maybe from a travel perspective, because um, these three aren't really taking any money um, from the conference until near the end of the current deal. So um, there's not a lot of short-term loss from the conference of adding those teams and you know potentially a boost uh, long-term there as well to keep it, keep them neck and neck with the Big 12. But looking at it from a competition standpoint, I mean, this does raise the bar across the board for all the Olympic sports in the ACC. You know, Cal and Stanford are probably two of the teams that are especially Stanford, the, the, the torchbearer of the Olympic sports uh, in the country. Um, so you look at it from that perspective, you get a little bit of boost competition-wise there. And then when you look at SMU, specifically football, I mean, that could be scary once they actually do get some of that conference money coming in to go along with what their boosters are already able to provide because, you know, they've been competitive against some of the better competition, um, you know, not really getting any media money outside of what their boosters are able to uh, generate from you know local deals there so if they're able to um, you know get a, a piece of that ACC media pie you know we're complaining about it but if they get some of that that's going to be a big boost for them long term all right Brian thank you for your comments there uh, Matthew I'm gonna turn it over to you for our last segment in the podcast definitely definitely Brian, open microphone time. Anything you want to talk about? The four- All right, so let's go this way. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Clemson Tigers football program. Um, obviously, you know we saw with the with the uh, with the game. You know, Clemson really got exposed. Um, not really able to generate a lot in their passing game, um, and I think we're starting to see the fact that that they. We're not taking advantage of the transfer portal or NIL to the way they think could start to uh, create some holes in their roster, uh, particularly talent at wide receiver is probably as low as it's been in the last decade. Um, I could see them losing, you know, three or four games this year if they don't figure out how to get things right on the offensive side of the ball, because if they continue kind of what we saw, especially week one, but also carried over a little bit into week two, um, they're going to have a long season when they play some of the higher level competition on their schedule. So, um, you know, this could, I'm not saying this is the beginning of the end of, of Clemson being a good team, but I think they could definitely take a step back from being that elite program to being that kind of top of that second tier again, that they were kind of historically before um, their run the last decade. Fair statement, fair statement. I'm going to use my open microphone to ask you both the question, Jeff and Brian. Do you have a computer or a phone in front of you, or or one or both? And tell me what you think about October 14th. I am from Fargo. I am from Fargo, North Dakota. I actually think that week again. That's October 14th. That's Saturday. I actually think the college game day is going to go to Grand Forks, North Dakota to do the matchup between North Dakota and North Dakota State. I think there's a good chance that North Dakota North Dakota may have two losses, but one of them will probably be to Boise State. 
And if they were to lose to South Dakota State, that wouldn't put too much shame on that with an undefeated NDSU coming up to Grand to Grand Forks. And I think there's a very good chance that college game day could be in Grand Forks, North Dakota that weekend. And I say that only because of what, you know, you kind of talked about Miami earlier, Brian. They beat Texas A&M. So Texas A&M that week, it was was scheduled to go on the road to the Vols, but they but they have a loss now. And ESPN commonly like goes to the Central Time Zone, you know, like like during a you know during some sort of FCS on campus thing, and if they have to go to West Coast games at night. And I think there's a good possibility that the Dakotas get it that weekend. What do you think about my the possibility of my prediction, Brian? Uh, I would think that the only thing that would come in the way of that would be that Miami-UNC matchup. Um, That might be one that's a little too compelling to avoid. Um, You you also have UCLA and Oregon State that weekend. I don't think they they go out west. So um, even if those teams continue down their, their current trajectory, I don't think you end up seeing that matchup, but I think the, the Miami and UNC game could could be the one that would get in the way of a, of a trip up there to North Dakota. How about you, Jeff? Because they've taken they've taken it the past they've taken they've done pretty well given NDSU some love the last couple of years. Yeah, I think there's there's also another couple of games that could be on the radar that that weekend in addition to the ones Brian mentioned. You got Oregon, you know, going to Washington. They do, they do, but I think they've gone there before. Like they, where they go in one time zone and they fly out there for the game. Yeah, I mean, it, and then also there was another one I was just scanning here that I could see. USC. Uh, oh yeah, USC and Notre Dame. Even though that's a game on NBC, you know that one might be just too big of a game to to pass up. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it, it won't happen and ESPN usually will, um, you know, choose uh, a, a, a non-traditional, you know, power five location to go. I don't know. It, this one might be kind of tough though this week. There, there are, there are a number, number of games at the moment that look like they could be possibilities. So I'm not saying no, but I, I do see some places I could, that they, they could end up. That's my prediction. I'm giving you my prediction. That's that's where I think they'll go that week because yeah, I, it can happen. I'm 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 going I'm going I'm going for that. That'll be my open mic. I, I picked it. I pick I picked to the eight, October 14th, October 14th college game day. Say, Jeff, you're up, man. You're open mic. The floor is. I'm telling you, as a Spectrum customer. Soon to be maybe a former customer. I <laughs> I'm just ready. I'm, you know, go ahead, just get the deal done. I mean, now at this point, I would have, I actually would say that I felt like D- Disney was kind of the villain here in, in, in this. Um, but after a couple weeks, you know, we know the the deal is not is the dispute is still going on between Charter and Disney, and I'm holding them now both equally responsible. Um, for aggravating a significant portion of the viewing audience, um, having to scramble to find other methods. Uh, I mean, I have not missed any of the any uh, any football at all uh, 
thankfully YouTube TV came to the rescue with a very lengthy trial period that I'm currently in, in enjoying, but still there's, there's a certain level of aggravation to the whole thing. And, um, you know, I was back in the spectrum office today, uh, returning, you know, more equipment and cutting more services, you know, as I kind of still hope they, I'm still holding out that, um, they, they get it resolved and then I at least have the option, but there, there was like an entire cart full of hardware that people had been returning, I suppose, that that whole morning. And, you know, I'm no media expert, so I don't understand how this is beneficial to either one of them to to just lose customers. Um, and now tomorrow you're going to, you know, it's one thing to, to really get on it with, with college football fans who are, you know, a pretty rabid bunch, but you know, now tomorrow you've got Monday night football to be affected in a game between the Buffalo Bills and New York and the New York Jets and Charter Spectrum is the provider in the New York City area. And uh, that could be the tipping point because I'm not sure Spectrum and Disney are quite ready to deal with New York Jet fans who <laughs> have to go through a lot to try to catch the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they may want to get this resolved before then, or, you know, it, it could be a pretty enough right, uh, r- rough night for charter with the phone calls coming in. And then, you know, there, college football, you know, is definitely popular, but it doesn't touch the NFL. And now you're starting to get into having NFL fans miss, miss football games. So, I mean, come on, you guys, just, just get this, get this straight. You know, you guys are, are you know, splitting hairs over probably bazillions of dollars. And the only people suffering at the end, you know, are people that just want to watch, you know, ESPN and their sports. And, you know, they're not, they're not winning any fans anywhere. So, you know, just, just get it resolved so that we can go back to watching the games in the, in the manner that we, you know, if we want to stay with it, we can stay with it or if we want to choose, but we have the option and not having to like find all these other outside options. But I will say hats off to YouTube TV. And if this doesn't get resolved, they're, they're going to be my number one choice. So I'm giving a big shout out to YouTube TV because I haven't missed anything the last couple of weeks while these two, um, you know, argue over their stock prices and bazillions of dollars with their board of directors. <laughs> so that's my rant. Jeff, are they your, are, are they your internet provider too, Jeff? They, they are my internet provider and, and the internet is, I, I have really no complaints about the, the internet. Brian, did you want to chime in there? It sounded like you were going to say something. Yeah, it's just, uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting when all those New York fans are calling in and, uh, and getting on the horn there to, to charter. Cause I feel like that's going to be the, the deal breaker there. Like at some point it's going to get to a point where we just got to get this done or we're going to have an all out mutiny and there will be um, like Jeff, you know, people that are going to fully just decide to do something different. And uh, the, the, the longer you push sports fans, the more they will find an avenue, whether it's legal, illegal or otherwise. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting hearing what, I mean, what the uh, spectrum CEO was saying because he's clearly thinking about really making a clean break and going to an alternative alternative option and that's really going to that would really impact disney's you know disney's revenue model they probably try and hit the other hit the other 
uh, cable carriers. And it was interesting. I know you saw this too, Jeff, that, that, I mean, it was interesting where he was saying that, and I didn't know this, that if he, if they make a deal, that is to say, if Spectrum makes a deal and it's better than what the other carriers have, then the other carriers have the right to revert to that deal, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Um, repeat that last that last part. I didn't quite I follow said, that. I, I said, like, okay, so if Spectrum makes a deal and it's better than, like, say, what Comcast has, right, the other carriers, uh, then they have, what I think, what's called rights of last last resort where or last last resort whatever the best deal was the other carriers can revert to that so for example if spectrum has a better deal than comcast does those become the new terms that's what i i remember reading that from from or from or from john oran yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna no i don't i don't know so i'm just i'm gonna you know that sounds pretty reasonable to me i i i definitely do not know the answer you could very well be correct on that and so that's what everybody's you know that's what you know they're disney's being really careful right now with negotiations because they don't want to they don't want to that that will cause their resident revenue to drop drop substantially if they give spectrum a better deal than they gave comcast who is much larger yeah and they i mean the other thing is you know espn is already literally shelling out you know billions in media deals you know we talked about or you're always talking about the media deals with the the acc but i mean even that one is as bad as it is it's still hundreds of millions of dollars you've got the sec media deal you got their deals you know for nba major league baseball football and now they're gonna um you know try to have uh, you know the bidding for the college football playoffs uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like, good luck with that when you've when you've just, you know, lost fifteen to twenty percent of the second, you know, largest cable carrier in in the country. I mean, how do you keep paying for that? You got advertisers that have expectations. So I don't understand what how this benefits either one of them to to prolong this. You know, just get a deal it done. It doesn't because they keep. I mean, like. All of these cable companies are bleeding subscribers right now. You know? Exactly. I mean, and so, I mean, obviously Disney is aware of that as well. And I, I've got to think that they're going to, you know, that that deal is going to be done sooner rather than later. I mean, it took a long time for that, for the ACC network to get, you know, to get connected to Comcast. But, you know, it seems like, it seems like ESP, I mean, it seems like, you know, something's going to have to come to a head here, as they say on that. And so I, I hope it gets done, you know, because people like, like, you know, like watching their college football and all, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping it at least, gosh, I'm hoping it gets done before ACC basketball season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, because then you'll really, you'll really hear some, some upset fans. Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast this week. We loved having you come on the show, and we would love to have you come back again sometime, friend. Thanks again for joining us and spending your Sunday night with us, Brian. Thank you. Always, uh, always happy to jump on with you guys and talk some ACC football. So definitely welcome. Uh, I will be back anytime you guys need me. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.